Welcome, everybody, to Beat Your Addiction uh, with John Giordano. I'm your co-host, Scott Jones. I want to thank everybody for joining us. And just a reminder before we start with the show that if you like this show, please share it with your friends and uh, certainly subscribe to the YouTube channel and uh, click the click the button so you'll get uh, notifications when we have other shows. But it's important that you share this, John, because we, we don't advertise and put it out. We want people yeah. to kind of word of mouth to share this, right? Well, we're giving the latest information on how to help yourself. You know, when you choose to do it or choose not to do it, that's what you ever you want to do. But we're here, we're here to help you and uh, hopefully guide you in the right direction like we're guiding ourselves. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, certainly we believe there's many, many different paths uh, to recovery. There's many different paths to mental health wellness. Um, but if you don't listen to several different ones, how are you going to know which one to choose? You've got to keep an open mind and try different things, right, John? I mean, a lot well, of people are closed off, aren't they? Well, I always ask people, how's that? How's what you're doing working for you? Yeah, and if it's working, great. Working, go for it. If it's not working, maybe you need to take a look at something else. Absolutely. There is no, If there was just one answer to all of these questions that we talk about, life would be very simple. Unfortunately, that's not the case. Well, Everybody needs something a little bit different, and we want you to look around. John, uh, before we get started with our guest, which is fantastic, we got a, got a Philly guy with us today. Oh, boy. You know, got there a good got. old Philly guy. Um, uh, I, I want to ask how things are going over at the clinic, and, uh, you know, do you want to invite people over to, to see it sometime? Sure. It's the Ketamine Clinic, South Florida. It's in uh, Pompano. And let me tell you something. We're doing some really cool stuff, Scott. We're going to start doing brain mapping, uh, neurofeedback, ketamine, so you'll see exactly what's going on with your brain because we're going to do a, uh, a brain scan on you to show you that this stuff really works because then you can see the deficiencies in your brain. Right. See? So we also do micronutrient testing to see what nutrients you're deficient in. We do uh, NAD+. Plus. We do exosomes. We do... Stem cells, we do all, all kinds of different technologies that have a lot of evidence to them. And John, just knowing you and knowing your story, there was a time when if somebody said 12 steps, you'd say, oh, you're full of crap. Right. And then there was a time if they said nutrients, you'd say, oh, you're full of crap. Right. And there was a time if they said this, they were full of crap and this. But you keep learning and changing. You know, how important is that for you? Well, you know, you got to keep up with what's going on. It can't be yes, yesterday's news and the things like that. Yesterday's news is only a 5 to 8% recovery rate in addiction and mental health. So what the heck are we holding on to that for? I tell you <laughs> something. Uh, I've seen people, we know, we, we help people with depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD. And, man, we've seen them change. And otherwise, I wouldn't be in this. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's really working really well. And if you're one of the five to eight percent that the traditional methods are working for you, fantastic. Do it. But that leaves, you know, 90 plus percent of people that need something different. So look around, investigate, do not judge before you before you look at it. And if it's not your cup of tea, no problem. It's called contempt prior to investigation. Exactly. And and the bottom line is this, guys. Look, I, I didn't believe in ketamine because it was a club drug, and I thought it was you know it's, uh, another stupid thing. But I guess what? I was wrong. And I don't mind admitting I was wrong. But, you know, the program taught me to don't have contempt prior to investigation. Yeah. So I investigated, and uh, it grows new neurons and new connections in your brain. I mean, it's wild what's going on. They have scans of the brain that can tell you that. 
So, um, and this is medically administered, medically monitored, oh, yeah. and as well as psychologically and clinically monitored. Yes. We're not talking about just giving somebody something and they take no, it. And they go no, 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 no. Everybody's different. That's what people think it's going on. It's not a Thorazine clinic. No. It's not. It's not. You know, everybody it's gets different. everybody gets a different dosage. We yeah. all get the same dosage. Everybody's different. You have coaching that's included, yeah. and you have group therapies included as long as you want to come every Monday. So I mean, we just we want to have long term success, not short term. Fantastic. So check it out. The name of it again, John. Ketamine Clinic, South Florida. There we go. Right in Pompano. And if you need more information, you could also go to John's website, johnjgiordano.com. And uh, the information's on there as well. Or That's the to initial it. J. Yes. Right there on your screen. All right. Now let's move along. We've got a great guy here um, coming to us from Philadelphia. His name is Brian Storm. He is uh, one of our recovering brothers and an author. Brian, how are you, brother? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Scott and John. I appreciate to be here, man. I'm, uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to do this. Well, we appreciate a Philly guy coming on so close after the tragedy that was last week. Um, you know, yes, we're yeah, we're talking about. He's walking. He's got a tear for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great game. No, no shame in that game. No shame. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm coming up on 13 years clean and sober. Um, you know, I'm married. I love I love rescuing animals. I I work at the library, the public library, the Free Library of Philadelphia. Uh, and which is weird because I didn't even like to read books up until about a year ago. <laughs> so it, it was a it was a really weird job for me to get when I got it. But I love it, man. And you know, I just I'm trying to live life to the fullest, just one day at a time. That's right. New frontiers. Right. So tell us, how did you stop using? What happened? Uh, well, you know, I tried so many different ways, right? But the way that, that got me an end was I was locked up and thrown in a prison cell, and I had to withdraw cold turkey. And from there, they, they sent me to a rehab through the court system. And when I got to that rehab that last time, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to shut up. I'm going to listen. And I listened to what the counselors told me. And, you know, people from uh, from like 12 step meetings came in to talk to me and I listened to what they told me. And I, I continued that after I left the rehab, I continued to go to 12 steps. And that that's what really took me on my path of recovery. So tell me, uh, what was your drug of choice? It was heroin at the end. Uh, before that, it was everything, though. Yeah, yeah, me too. It was everything. Yeah. And cocaine was mine at the end. Oh, whatever felt good at the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Right? So, so what do you do for yourself today? Uh, well, I I like to write. You know, um, it's it's very therapeutic for me. I, I do that, and I I I still go to steps meetings, but not as much as I used to. I go to about one a week now. You know, okay. I used to go every day, but you know, and and you have a sponsor. You're working steps, or you did that already, and now you're just moving on, or. Yeah, well, yeah, I continue to work the steps. I, I sponsor other people. And, um, you know, now, what, I, about, what about for yourself, not for other people? Well, helping other people is what I'm doing for myself, you know. Okay, um, well, that's part of it. But, you know, yeah. that is your own stuff you have to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I also, I help animals because that's a big satisfaction for me. Um, All right, well, you know, you got things that, strategies that work for you, then that's great. Yeah. You know. But, you know, life keeps showing up as we get, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm doing like now uh, 
coming up on 39 years. Nice. I can't even believe I had 30 in my minutes, but that's another story. Yeah. And, you know, and every day, sometimes, some days I'll struggle. Not with drugs and alcohol, with life. Yeah. You know, and dealing with life on life's terms. And, you know, what happens with us addicts and alcoholics, you know, uh, it's easy to get caught up in life and forget about, you know, where we came from. You know, and then if you if you do that, eventually this disease is doing push-ups while we're sleeping. So, yeah. you know, uh, it's in shape. And if we're out of shape, we're going to get a butt kicked. You know, so, you know, that's why I always suggest that people, especially people that have a lot of time, uh, time is, is, is really good and it's a savior. But also time can be uh, not so good because people get lost in time. And they don't do the things they did to feel the way they feel. And then those feelings start changing. You start lying a little bit. or You start manipulating a little bit, you know. And you slack off on things that were helping you. And then you get involved with making money and you forget about taking care of you. And then, you know, you get overwhelmed at, at home. And then you're overwhelmed at work sometimes. You know, we get off in the first year. We're, we're all excited about working. And then all of a sudden, we get bored easily. So that's why we have to keep checking ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely I mean, agree. There, there was like a five-year period where I wasn't going to meetings. I, I wasn't helping people. I, I, w- I wasn't doing anything that I did in the beginning, you know. Um, and it, it came out of pure laziness, really. I just didn't want to get up off the couch and go to a meeting. I wanted to watch TV with my wife instead, you know. And but you know, the one thing that kept that kept me going was um, just like through my higher power and through helping animals. Like I said, like my wife and I, we rescue a lot of animals, and I think that's what that's what kept me going during those years when I well, really you know, wasn't going. Well, you know, reaching out, helping animals, and helping people it. Because we're selfish and self-centered. It's all about us. Yeah. So when we're going and helping other people and other things and, and you know, doing something as a benefit, what I believe happens is we start to get high from it, you yeah. know, in a good way. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of issues that we, we carry around with us, a lot of baggage that we don't want to open up. You know, well, I'm doing right. I don't want to open up that baggage. But that baggage always opens up by itself sometimes. You know, during our lifespan, you know. Uh, how old are you now? Uh, I just turned 42 on Monday. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Well, you, know, Thank when, you. I, I, you know, I never thought I would say this, but I'm, I'm 76. But I, I don't feel 76 in my head. I look in the mirror and I go, oh, who's that? You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's uh, as time goes by, you see things so different. You know, imagine going back in time to seeing you when you were a teenager. Uh, you know, try to talk imagine. to you then. It, it won't happen, right? So, yeah. you know, so we have to start. Personally, I believe we all have to stay on top of our, our recovery. You know, we got to reach out and help other people. We also have to help ourselves because you can't give away what you don't have. That's true. You know, and that's what I always suggest to people uh, they need to do. It's not about the meetings. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's about staying involved. It's about, you know, about turning around and, and talking to people when you're not feeling good, you know, instead of doing what we always do, we stuff it, stuff it until we can't stuff it anymore, and then we go get high. Oh, we do a behavior that's like getting high. So, yeah. you know, those are the things that I suggest people take a look at because 
I see too many people that have for many years that have a lot of clean time go off. And then either they die or they go off, really go off hard. You know, so it's scary in a way to watch all that. So, you know, this enemy of ours, you know, the negative stuff of ours is vigilant, man. You know, that's how I look at it. And it's good to see that you're doing this and you're doing, you know, with, helping with animals and your life's changing and, you know, but you got to keep that, that train moving, you know, yeah. otherwise you're going to get hit by a storm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about what you do and what you suggest people should do. Well, like what I do as far as recovery, you mean? Yeah, for people. I mean, you wrote a book. Well, what's the purpose yeah. of the book? Well, the purpose of the book is to help other addicts. You know, um, I, I originally wrote this book 10 years ago. That's why it's called The Struggle 10 Years Later. And I wrote it just, just to help other addicts to kind of share my story, you know. And what I got, I got a lot of feedback from people who never done drugs in their life, though. I didn't, I didn't realize that a lot of non-addicts were going to be reading it, you know. So when I rewrote it this time, I kept that in mind. And I rewrote it in a way where even someone who has never done drugs in their life will be able to understand what goes through an addict's mind when they're using and why they continue to use and why they can't stop. So I really want to stress that point. And I also want to give hope to addicts who, who, who feel that way, who can't stop, you know, like and let them know, like, look, I was at the bottom of the barrel and I was able to pull myself out, out of it, you know, with a little help. I didn't do it on my own, but. I was able to do it, and I, I want other addicts to understand that they can do it too. You know, well, that, you know really what, what I think what most people say, well, yeah, man, but I've tried everything in the world. What, what did you do to get out of this? I know what you did to get in it, but now what do you do to get out of it? That's the point that addicts or people in general want to know. I, I gave up, really. I mean, it, it sounds dumb, but I gave up. I was like, I'm done fighting. You know, I just stopped fighting, and I started listening to other people. That I think that was the biggest step for me was listening because I've always been a stubborn person and I always want to do things my own way. Look, I tried to like get a girlfriend to stop because she didn't do drugs. It didn't, it didn't work. Um, I tried methadone for myself. That didn't work. I tried to run away to the military. That didn't work. I tried to just replace, you know, the, the cocaine with just drinking. That didn't work. I tried to replace the drinking with just smoking weed. That didn't work. So all these things didn't work. I started listening to other people. I was like, you know what? What did you do that to stay sober? And when I listened to those people, that's when it started to work. But that's my point. You see, with people out there that are listening to this podcast, but they have to realize that you can't do the same thing over and over again expecting different results. So if you're not doing anything and you're not reaching out and you're not getting help, you know, and you know, you're prejudging everything. Of course we prejudge because if I can't figure it out, how can anybody else? Exactly. Well, guess what? Uh, that's not true. There's a lot of people figuring it out. And basically, we all do the same thing. You know, you got to learn to become vulnerable, number one, which is very difficult for men especially. Yeah. Um, you have to recognize that you have other addictions. Because a lot of like cocaine addicts have sex addiction. And uh, normally, and alcoholics have gambling addiction. And, they, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. And uh, there's always co-contributing. You know, some have eating disorders. Uh, with addiction, with different uh, drugs. So it's not just about drugs, it's about behaviors. So some of the things that we talk about on the podcast, first of all, exercise. 
is very important. Now, when people are depressed and have anxiety, they don't want to do anything. So yeah. that's why I opened up this ketamine clinic. It really, really, really working for people. I mean, unbelievable. And I, you know, I'm not trying to sell anybody. I'm just trying to tell you, go look it up, man. And go look up NAD+. It's another thing that helps with depression and anxiety. Also, um, NAD is in every cell of your body. Um, it's FDA approved. Go look it up. Go look. I don't want anybody to believe a word I say to you. I want you to go look it up for yourself. Do your own work. Okay? So, you know, otherwise, don't sit back and let me do your work for you. Or let Brian do the work for you. We don't, we don't want to do the work for you. We had to do our work, right? Yeah, John, I, I will be honest with you. Um, before, uh, you know, I listened to this podcast before I came on, and I, I never knew what, what, what's it called, ketamine? Right? Yeah. I never knew, like, I heard that term before, but I thought it was a drug people got high on. And then when I listened to it, it used podcast, to be, it used to be, it's called Special K. Yeah, okay, all right. I thought that's what it was. And but when I heard this podcast, I was like, wow, people are using that to get sober and clean. Like, that's awesome, man. Like, yeah, like you said, well, you like, know, there's you a thousand ways to do it. You know? you know, look, it's like anything else. You know, some people take, uh, uh, let's say, Trazodone. They take two or three to feel a buzz. You know, yeah. some people, you know, no matter SSRIs, no matter food, no matter where we have a disease of more, more of this, more of that, that'll be better than this. So, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and the bottom line is, is that with ketamine, you know, the dosage, when you have low dosage, you know, and it's medically supervised. No, you have, we have eye shades on. We put a headset on it with music. We do a meditation with them when they go on. It's 45 minutes. All right. Then they come out. It's about an hour and a half procedure. The two hours okay. you come out and chill out. You know, we talk to you, talk to you about your journey and what you saw in your subconscious mind. Uh, it's pretty damn wild. You know, they, they gave everything a bad rap because, of course, people abused it. So they say, oh, it's no good across the board. People abuse everything, food, drugs. Yeah. So that means we do nothing, you know. So uh, everything was taken out of context, including yeah. me. I took it out of context as well. well uh, I believe in a certain thing, you know, and I I didn't think that this had any place in that, but I was wrong, you know. Whatever works. If I'm going to say whatever works, so what the hell am I saying not to do this or not to do that? I mean, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so it's really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm glad it's working for people. I really am. You know. Oh yeah, it works for a lot of people. You know why? Because you're not talking to the the software of the brain. You're talking to the hard drive. You know, like you erase something on your computer, it's still on your hard drive. Yes. Yes. So right. So yes. it's the same thing with emotions. The same thing with trauma. And you know, you might have it in the frontal lobe of your brain. You know, where you, where your motivation, executive thinking, all this other stuff. But it's really on your hard drive, and it pops up. You hear a song smell something, you know, meet somebody, they sound like something, and it kicks everything up. Yeah, to this day, every time I smell gasoline, I think of heroin. Because I used, I used to run out of gas all the time on my way to get some dope. And right. I, you know, and I, I smelled those fumes. <laughs> yeah. Every time I smell it now, I think of heroin. <laughs> yeah, I remember running out of gas a bunch of times. I was so in a hurry to get to the place, I forgot well, about the gasoline. Yeah, putting 57 yeah. cents in my gas tank. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm familiar with that one. Putting 50 cents in the gas tank. Yeah. Dollar. I hit uh, a dollar, whatever you had in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when you had a gas tank, most of them had a bicycle. So, you know. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, it's uh, 
So for those people in recovery out there, look, guys, to me, you know, a lot of people don't really understand about the 12-step, you know, uh, that's my bias. I believe in it. Uh, I believe in you doing the work. Now, people go there, like I used to go there, and I used to say, I wouldn't even get high with you people. What am I doing here? I didn't come here to join a new religion, you know. Uh, you guys are telling your story, and you're making me want to use. And, you know, I had every negative thing that you could want to say, but I wasn't looking at the people that kept coming back that started to look better. And I said, yeah. wow, look at that dude, man. I remember when he came in, he couldn't even walk. And now he's like dressed different and his hair's combed. And, you know, you go, who is this? So I, I started to realize that, you know, maybe I should keep my mouth shut and my ears open. And uh, I don't have to agree with everything, but I just have to do the work, you know, with what works. And, and that's why I wrote, a, I wrote another book called How to Beat Your Addictions and Live a Quality Life. So I, I interviewed about, eh, about a couple of hundred addicts and alcoholics that had other, other behavior problems, addiction. And I wanted to know how they stayed in recovery. You know, real recovery, not just quitting the drugs or quitting their behaviors, but actually living a lifestyle of recovery. And I put that in the book. Then I interviewed about 100, 150 addicts, alcoholics that uh, chronically relapsed. I wanted to know what they did and what they didn't do. And then I put my stuff in there. And uh, that's what the book entails. So it makes it easy. So it's, you know, how to beat your addictions and live a quality life. And your book, what you're doing is, you know, showing people, look, man, this is how we think. You know, it's not just about willpower. We're like almost like someone's got a shotgun to a head, so you got to use, you know. Yeah, it really is like that, you know. Like, because them, them thoughts, they would torment you, that obsession, man. It's over and over. And it talks to you in your own voice. Like, just yeah, get right? one bag. Just get one more bag. Just one bag. You'll be okay. And it's it just nonstop. It's just you can't turn it off. You can't. I know. I know. It's like... uh how do you say it? It's like the sirens they used to say with the pirates that they used to put them to sleep and used to crash on the rocks, you know, the mermaids and all this other stuff. <laughs> well, that's what the drugs are like, man. It's like they sing a song and you're just like, ooh, you're right into that song. You know, yeah. then it doesn't show you the hell that you go through. You got 20 minute buzz and a, and a lifetime of misery. Like, oh, man. Oh, yeah. That no. <laughs> I. You know, and, and, you know, and what people don't understand about these 12-step meetings, it's, you know, you have to be around people that are are on the same path. And when you work with, when you work these steps that we talk about, you know, uh, this is an inward journey, trying to heal, doing our best to heal what we broke. Because we didn't start yeah. off broken, we broke it, you know. Uh, our environment helped break it, you know, the people we were around supported that breakage, you know. So, you know, like people like yourself that write write books and look where you are, where you were. Okay, now look where you are and you're still going. Remember, it's hard to hit a moving target, so keep moving. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yeah. I'm always moving. (laughs) What school did you go? Uh, What what kind of, you know, what's your education? Any? Uh, I've recently got my associate's degree. Um, but I'm planning oh, on going back to get my master's and maybe become a librarian. So I think that's my old right. goal. That's yeah. cool, man. You know, that's what people got to find a passion. You know, mm-hmm. like my passion is doing this stuff. Scott's passion is doing this. You know, that's how I'm at painting. He's a great <laughs> artist, by the way. Uh, nice. 
you know, uh, it's just we got to seek out the talents that the creator gave us, you know, whoever that is to you, you know. And yeah. uh, it's great to see that you wrote a book about this stuff. Did you write any solutions in the book? Yeah, I I, I, I talked about my whole journey. You know, um, I didn't like the last book I wrote, the first one I wrote, I, I focused mostly on just the war stories, you know, right? but this one, I, it's only half war stories and <laughs> the other half is actually about recovering and how I did it and how I went through every single step. You know what I mean? It's, well, people got to know where you came from, but now they got to know where they're going. Otherwise they're back where they came from. Exactly. Yeah. And I also talked a lot about um, life stuff that happens. Like, you know, after I got clean and sober, life didn't just automatically get better. No, you know, no. I, I had a lot of people close to me dying. I saw a lot of people relapsing. But, you know, like I continued to do what I was doing and I didn't have to drink or get high over it. You know what I mean? You know, you can still go on living like just that's the way I used to live. I, I don't I don't have to live like that no more. Uh, we say, well, most people got to grab a Most people have a low self esteem and they don't think they get, they're worth anything. They can't do anything. They have a lot of failures. And I always tell people, there are no failures. There are only lessons. Yes. Those were your lessons. Those are my <laughs> lessons. You know, I, I teach at the, I, I do a chess club every week at the library. And whenever, you know, there's, there's two opponents, obviously. And whenever the one loses, I always tell them, you didn't lose. You just learned how to, how to beat him next time. You know, because you, you saw how you lost and now you know not to make that mistake again. Well, you know, it's, it's called a hundred monkeys. Sometimes you make the mistake a hundred times and finally you get it right <laughs> if you don't die. You know, exactly. what I mean? how many times did you say we're going to quit? I don't know about you. I must have been at least a hundred. At least, know? at least. <laughs> so that's the hundred monkeys, I call it. You uh -huh. know? So the last one, hundred and one, you finally made it. That's Scott. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So, where are we, Scott? Well, we're getting down there. We've got about five minutes left. Let's um, talk about your book again. What, what's the name of the book? And it's, where, called, it's called The Struggle 10 Years Later. Um, and it's coming out on March 14th. But you can pre-order it on my website, uh, brianstormbooks.com. Uh, and it will ship out on, on that date. All right. Yeah, there it is, brianstormbooks.com. Um you know, uh, Brian, what what would you like to keep doing? I know you're working with animals, you're writing books, you're doing all of that. What, where do you see yourself going with all of this? What would you like? Well, man, I, I would love to become a successful writer where I could just focus on that full time. You know, that, that, that would be amazing, but I don't know what the future lies. You know, I don't know what lies in the future. I mean, um, so I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing for now. And if that happens, great. If not, I'll just continue working at the library until I'm time, time to retire. You know, I worked with animals for quite a while. I had three kids. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> They're animals. Trust me. Um, what do you do with animals? And is there, you know, I mean, are you out there? Are you, you helping uh, at, uh, at, at shelters or what are you doing? Well, my wife works for a veterinarian hospital. She's a manager and um. But she, she used to work for a shelter, and we, we, we foster a lot of kittens, basically, until they're old enough to get their own homes. Uh, we're fine, like, stray cats off the streets or stray dogs. Uh, we have, we have a, like, a little mini colony behind our house. Like, three or four cats come every night and feed them. So, yeah, we just try to help out any way we can, really. Well, you know, you're doing service. You know, most people don't yeah. realize it doesn't matter who you're doing service for or with. 
the fact that you're out of you trying to help people on things that are less fortunate than you is a sign to me of spirituality and recovery. Yes. And uh, I hope to, I, I wish the human race uh, would see that instead of trying to get into money, power, and control. And everybody's out of control. Nobody's in power. And, <laughs> and, it's, uh, and the money is squandered. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense. They're after an empty, uh, hollow shell of a life. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Speaking of people in power, your wife, um, does she support everything you do? Yes. Yes, she does. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's great. Uh, so I want everybody to check out brianstormbooks.com. Uh, Brian, congratulations on, on your uh, your endeavors and your recovery. Thank and, you. Um, and, uh, you know, damn close with the Eagles, you know, uh, no. almost congratulations there. Well, there's always next year. There you go. You see, that's the attitude of gratitude. I got it. Hopefully, it won't be another McNabb situation. We always get to the dance, but we never get to finish, you know? Uh, (laughs) All right. John, any final thoughts with the. No, it's always nice to have somebody in recovery on and talk, you know, the real deal. Absolutely. And for everyone out there, just a reminder again, go to brianstormbooks.com. And then after you do that, go to johnjgiordano.com and check out all the work that John does. Um, You can get copies of his books right through the website, or certainly you can go on Amazon just like you can with Brian um, and uh, see all the different publications John's in and and the great work you're doing over at the Ketamine Clinic. Oh, yeah. And it's good. The book that I have that's similar to yours is called The Kid from the South Bronx Who Never Gave Up. No, just let everybody know. Mine's going to be the kid from South Jersey who never grew up. That's what mine's going to be. <laughs> That's in there, too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. Uh, for our guest, Brian Storm, uh, John Giordano, I'm Scott Jones. Everyone out there, take care. Be, be nice to people, would you? Yes.